Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hello, and welcome to Women and Manufacturing. I'm Lydia DiLiello, the CEO and founder of Capital Pricing Consultants, and I am your host for this program today. It is my honor to introduce you to Kathy and Shannon. So Kathy, Kathy Miller and Shannon McCall, who wrote Steel Toes and Stilettos. And today, listeners, we have an interesting program for you. These two ladies came from manufacturing, lived it, worked it, and are going to share their experiences with us today. So I am so excited to have you both. Kathy, Shannon, welcome to the program. Thanks, Lydia. Thanks for having us. It's my pleasure. Well, let's get started. So Kathy, if you will, start and give us a little bit of your background. And then Kathy, when you're done, Shannon, if you will jump in and give us your background, because I want our listeners to hear how diverse um, and interesting your backgrounds both are. Sure. Thanks, Lydia. So again, Kathy Miller, I literally started working in a car plant when I was 17 years old. I was a co-op student at GMI, General Motors Institute, now Kettering. And I started my work section before I turned 18. So that was my introduction to manufacturing and really reeled me in because I found it so fascinating that every 60 seconds, a working vehicle came off the end of that line. And from that point on, I was hooked. So I went from there to electronics manufacturing and I worked in engineering and marketing and found that I really missed being on the plant floor. So I went back to operations um, and did automotive electronics and was called into my boss's boss's office and said, we're going to put you on a lean manufacturing team, which I didn't know what that meant at the time and had the opportunity to work with some of the great, you know, masters of, of lean. Um, John Shook and Rick Harris and Jim Womack and many of the people who wrote the early books learning from Toyota. So from that point, I worked on implementing flow across various plants and then was promoted to a plant manager where I had five automotive electronics lines and worked with my team. We were actually recognized with the Shingo Award for transforming our plants from batch manufacturing to a lean enterprise. And from there, I've held various positions leading lean and quality for uh, multi-billion dollar corporations, uh, leading global operations for jet engine plants, and also leading lean and quality and strategy deployment for a number of other corporations. So I've been in and around manufacturing for a number of decades. And quite a diverse career in terms of all of the different areas that you served in, and I'm sure the challenges that you encountered. So we're going to look forward to hearing more about that, Kathy, as we talk today. So Shannon, would you give us your background, please? Absolutely. So as you mentioned, um, quite different than Kathy's. So I was recruited into manufacturing right out of college. So I graduated from Western Michigan University with a degree in supply chain management. So I spent probably the first decade or so within the supply chain management roles. So I, you know, cycled through purchasing and logistics and compliance. And then 
I really started to love manufacturing when I got um, into running and scheduling the plant floor. So when I started to learn how to do that, that's when I got into operations. And I really, really liked that portion of the supply chain function and being in, in the plants more. So um, from there, I progressed through some more type of production control type of roles. And that's when I went into my first lean transformation because the plant I was working in was losing money. So they decided this is how we're going to fix it. So that was my, my first introduction into that. And because I was in supply chain, I was in charge of material and information flow. Then from there, it was time for my next step. And so I applied for a uh, lean manager role and I was responsible for four sites in two countries. And then um, just really found that that was my passion around improving businesses using that lean methodology. From there, I went on to run multiple plants and, um, and lead different types of businesses from high volume, low mix to um, very low volume, high mix. So I've got to get into those uh, machining worlds and manufacturing assembly worlds a little bit more. And then uh, Kathy and I decided to start our own business and write this book. And that's how we ended up here. Well, you both have really interesting and diverse backgrounds. Um, and I'm interested to explore more as our, I know our viewers and listeners are going to be to hear some of the challenges that you had along the way, because between the two of you, you really covered all of manufacturing, which is very unique. So Kathy, let's come back to you. Tell us a little bit about um, how you got to steel toes and stilettos and, and give us a sense of what the book is about. And um, I love, absolutely love the title. So please fill us in. Well, the title gets credited to Shannon. We, <laughs> we were visiting uh, one time. We had both left our corporate roles and talked about starting this business. And, you know, we're just reminiscing a little bit about the various adventures we had been through when we were leading this transformation for, for this division. And uh, we were talking about all the stories and, and the challenges and, you know, some of the good times and some of the not so good times. Mm -hmm. And um, just going through it, we said, you know what, we have a really pretty good story that we think a lot of people could relate to. So uh, we said we should write a book. And the next day, Shannon called me. She said, I've got an idea for, for the title of this book, Steel Toes and Stilettos. And you know, I immediately fell in love with that because it's just captures that essence of our career and the things that we've done. We're very comfortable on the shop floor. We love being with the people who are creating the value, but we also, through our careers, you know, pride ourselves on, on being women and, you know, not um, changing who we are and still being able to contribute. So that's why we love that. And, you know, uh, within six months, we had a manuscript that we were sending out to various publishers and um, we got good feedback because it's really a business book, but it's not real prescriptive like a lot of business books, it's our story. And a lot of people learn from stories, right? Because they can see themselves mm -hmm. as the characters and the challenges mm -hmm. and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So uh, we wanted to share the roadmap. There's really a roadmap in there of how you transform a business, but we also wanted to share um, how we really develop the culture 
to be inclusive and get everybody's ideas there because we think that's really where the power of transforming a business comes in is from the people who do the work providing the ideas. It helps not only transform a business, but also helps sustain transformations. And um, we really <laughs> enjoy our friendships. So we wanted to share that personal side with everybody about you know the lives that we juggle both inside and outside of work and the ways that people can be kind to each other and support each other in the workplace environment. So that's quite a, <clears throat> pardon me, Kathy, that's quite a story. <laughs> Shannon, can you provide some input as well in terms of um, kind of what, what people can expect in the book in addition to kind of the, the roadmap, so to speak, that Kathy laid out? Yeah, well, Kathy forgot to mention too that we do have a very um, high affinity for cute shoes. So we are constantly, <laughs> and and we both wear the same size, which is how we met. Um, ironically, I lent her my steel toes one day when she was visiting my plant before we knew each other. And that's how we met and our relationship began. <laughs> so it's a deep, it's a, it's a lot of meaning and deepness behind this, this title and this story. Um, but so, right. So the roadmap is one way to read the book, can read it as a lean implementation guide. Um, it is chronological, so it does read as a true story. So we do bounce back and forth um, between both our voices, and we remember stories a little differently sometimes, which makes it very real when you're coming from Kathy, who was who was responsible for the PL, and me, who was responsible for the transformation. <laughs> so we tell a couple of really fun stories where, you know, she remembers it being much different than what I remember it being. Um, so in, like Kathy said, it's a story about our lives and what it's like to be a woman in manufacturing, juggle your career, um, dual career families, traveling, husbands, children, the, the many directions you get pulled. And we talk a lot about, you know, trying to achieve that you can have it all vision. Um, and do and how we did it really and 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 so it's just a true story of our lives good bad and the great and we uh we really enjoyed being able to tell it to people well what i think is is so unique about the offering that you are both providing is because you came from different ends of the manufacturing spectrum if you will mm -hmm. um your point shannon about um, remembering things differently. I can very much see where PL goes this way and operations goes that way. And, <laughs> and I'm quite sure that as people read this, they are going to understand why in their own organizations, they see things that look like they are misses rather than connecting, because it depends on what, what you're in charge of in the organization and where you have to bring value. And those don't always align. And so this mm -hmm. is going to be a great read. Um, and I'm looking forward to reading it myself. So I'm, I'm excited to do that. Now, one thing that I, I suspect, and I have not yet read the book, so I want to share that with our listeners, um, is that both of you as women and balancing all of the different dimensions of, of being a woman with the family and all the things you brought up, Shannon, had similar experiences working in a male-dominated environment. And I always say, I've never had to wait in the ladies room, or at least I didn't for at least 25 years. Now I'm starting to, and I'm happy about that. So Kathy, can you, can you share that experience with us a little bit about 
How did you find working in such a male-dominated environment? So, uh, you know, I had three brothers growing up and I went to engineering school and started working in an engineering department. So I never really thought too much about being one, the only one or one of very few in the departments and the things that I worked in, unless other people brought it up. You know, I always felt that I had earned my seat at the table and, um, you know, was able to contribute. But there there were times when people would, you know, make comments. And I think they were well-meaning and intent, you know, and not intending to insult or isolate me, but, you know, oh, you know, woman operations manager or, you know, things like that. And, and those sorts of things would, would remind me that I was the only one in the room, you know, with the female gender. Um, and, and I didn't necessarily really appreciate those types of comments, even if they were well intentioned, because I thought to myself, why are you reducing my contributions to one, you know, aspect of my identity and that being my gender? Mm-hmm. So um, that part was a little difficult. When I first started, um, the plants were a lot more rough than they are now. You know, a lot of catcalling, mm-hmm. whistling. Um, you know, when my my dad literally took me to my interview at the vehicle assembly plant, and I was literally seventeen, and they asked him to go, you know, on the plant tour with me. And so, um, you know, I was in our elbows were intertwined as we were going on the plant tour. It wasn't, you know, me looking uh, brave and, and, and mature there on the interview process. And people were still like doing whistles and cat calls and those sorts of things. And I actually thought that my dad would say, oh, there's no way I'm gonna let my daughter work in this environment. But he was like, ah, they don't mean anything by it. So, um, you know, you just learn to adapt. I did learn to adapt. Yeah. Uh, very quickly. Those things would not be acceptable now. All that has changed. People are much more sensitive um, to what's appropriate in a work environment and not uh, and whatnot. So, um, you know, I just learned to survive and, and do the best I could in the environment that I was in. But, you know, Kathy, I think that, that by sharing that story, um, it, it does two things. So it brings to light experiences that I'm sure our viewers have had as well. Um, because as you were talking, it was reminding me of, of similar things. And also what a wonderful start your father gave you, because by brushing it off and acting as though, eh, just ignore it. It's not a big deal. It gave you a mindset very, very young that this really doesn't matter. And I should just go get past it, which yeah, I yes. think gave you then um, a great basis to start from. So I love mm-hmm. how you share that story. That, that's really um, sets the groundwork, if you will, for, for the what I think I'm going to see in the rest of the book. So Shannon, tell, mm-hmm. tell us about your experience being a woman in a male-dominated environment. Yeah, I had a little different start. Um, when I graduated, when I was in college, it, there was no real gender difference, right? And in fact, the, the girls were almost held higher at a higher esteem at that point too, because we were more organized and, and, and things like that. I'm speaking in generalities. That was my experience. But when I got into the work world, I was shocked that people are like, Oh, you work in a manufacturing plant. You wear safety, safety shoes and safety glasses. And why would you do that? And, and I was like, well, I I don't know. I, 
I didn't know it was a, <laughs> I didn't know it was a question. I just, this is my job. And, you know, and I got comments a lot that were, um, you know, Hey, thanks for hanging out with us guys. And, um, well, you know, the boss has a soft spot for girls and, and I was mm. just shocked. I was like, I don't, it was really a culture shock for me to think that there was this gender difference because I went in blind. And so I, I was just surprised by it. And I had to spend a lot of time figuring out what it meant to me, if anything. And I, you know, kind of took the approach as Kathy is I was there to do my job. I was good at it. And the rest of it just didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that is, is such a great lesson to all of our female viewers that if, if you choose not to let it matter and you present yourself as you and your capabilities and your skill set, that that gets you so much further than um, either giving, giving those comments any credibility at all. And I know when we spoke in our, our pre-interviews, we talked a little bit about no male bashing. And so I wanna tie that in now. Um, Kathy, let's go back to you. Can you talk a little bit about um, your feelings about quote male bashing or or if you carry any of that kind of reticence with you? Yeah, I absolutely do not. And when people ask me about that, I really steer away from it because mm-hmm. uh, I've been in and around male dominated environments, you know, my entire professional career. And I wouldn't have enjoyed the success that I did and been able to transform plants and touch people's lives without so many male mentors, Mm -hmm. teachers, bosses that uh, really supported and upheld me, you know, people that came from the side um, to talk to me about things that were going on that were helpful, um, different different opportunities that I was given by many men to uh, try different functions and jobs and roles that may have been a little bit before my time in a traditional career path. So I had a lot of amazing mentors and allies and bosses along the way that, that were males. So I get a little uncomfortable um, when people start you know, talking about, you know, people keeping women down because that really was not my experience. Now, did I experience some inappropriate things along the way? Absolutely. A hundred percent I did. Um, but I was able to navigate those and those were really the minority of people um, that acted that way. Shannon, what about your experience? I I see you nodding your head and in Mm -hmm. agreement. So it sounds like similar. Yeah, we had similar experiences. I mean, I, I, we wouldn't be here with all the men that have helped us through our careers. I mean, and, and to be honest, at the time, that's really all we had. We didn't have a lot of female role models or mentors or things like that. Um, I had just the privilege of working with some amazing leaders. And so I'm beyond thankful for that. And it's interesting, too, when Kathy and I started working together, um, how how our dynamic changed a little bit. And, and I really learned a lot of leadership differences learning from Kathy than I did from some of my other male counterparts um, because we are different. Men and women are different. We just are. It, it's yes. just, it's just, and there's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, that's why we keep driving towards these more diverse and inclusive cultures because we need those differences. Now, mm-hmm. do I, would, would we want more diversity and more women in these STEM and manufacturing roles? 
Absolutely. Because it drives that diversity of thought, but you need to be the best person for, for that role too, to drive, to drive that. It can't just be because, you know, we're women. That's only one piece of us. It's the contribution that matters more. Well, and I think you brought up two really critical points, Shannon, which is, you know, when we're talking 15 and 20 years ago, there really weren't women in senior roles in any form of manufacturing, whether it be ops, supply chain, anywhere. So to your point, um, thank goodness those men did exist that stepped up and, and understood and valued the contribution and not only that one facet of gender. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I love your point also about how um, all of us as, as women need to make sure we're producing the work and, and that that kind of the focus is what's our contribution? What are we doing? Because that's really what this is all about. So um, it, your experiences are making me smile and reminding me so much mm-hmm. of, of the whole manufacturing setting and environment. So can you talk a little bit now, both of you, about how the manufacturing world has changed um, and, and what you're seeing that's good and, and if you see anything that's not so good? And Kathy, you want to start us off with that? Sure. So, you know, when, when I started uh, a couple of de- decades ago, it was a little bit, um, like I talked about, maybe a little bit more rough, um, you know, a little bit more brute force to get things done than we see today. There's so much progress being made uh, with automation and and with culture and getting people included and involved. So I think those things are all really, really good. I'm excited to see uh, jobs in the United States of America and being able to compete because I've been through many cycles of different parts of you know moving moving things between countries and that sort of thing. And, and I think that there is a recognition that supplying in country for um, producing in country is, is really a good way to go in all countries of the world. So that's exciting to see that shift um, where everything doesn't come, you know, all across the world. It, it's certainly uh, not the leanest way to do things. And it causes a lot of angst amongst people for the security of their jobs and the future of their jobs. So it's important. I think people are understanding that they need to be competitive. And that's where a lot of the automated technology comes in. I think it's really important as automation comes into the manufacturing world that we remember that people are still a a very important part of the system. So it's gonna be important that we help people through those types of transitions and let them know Mm -hmm. the important roles that still exist for them in terms of, you know, producing software to run programs, to maintain equipment, and to uh, really support and uphold the people that are running the equipment. No, that's that's an interesting perspective relative to kind of what was and, and where we've moved to now and the whole idea of repatriation back to the United States and and security of supply chain. And I'm sure, Shannon, that that security of supply chain resonates. <laughs> all, all things supply chain the last two years yeah. have to have just made your head spin and made you say, thank goodness I was not in that role <laughs> now. <laughs> yes, I have said that. <laughs> I am very thankful for, for, you know, moving out that part of my life. It's such an interesting dichotomy that's happening. And we've been talking about that for 
gosh, over a decade of we need to get things back on shore, but we have to be competitive enough to be able to do that. And that's why Kathy and I have always had that passion around lean because we believe that lean, you know, lean methodologies as well as inclusive cultures are what will drive that um, competitiveness. So, you know, it, it, the companies that stopped looking at just cost and started looking at lead time to market and all of those other factors um, are the ones who are, are succeeding now. Um, and now I'm not saying that is across the board, even if they have partial suppliers in other countries, but it makes a big difference. And, but to Kathy's point, like you have to be up on the technology and you have to be up on the people to be able to make that happen. And so from your perspective, then the, the biggest changes you're seeing are as well, this whole supply chain movement to get back on shore and, mm -hmm. and keeping the people in the front as, while we're being competitive. Yeah, I think that's a big change, absolutely, in the industry. Um, I also think, though, that the um, all of the inputs that's going into driving young people to get into manufacturing. Um, as we know, there's a very large gap mm -hmm. in employment in manufacturing and talent coming up through the chains um, and through the pipeline. So we've got to get people back into that trade and back into wanting to work with their hands. And um, we can do that now by implementing more technology. It's not as, it's not as that much of that workmanship that has to happen as much anymore. Um, and that's how we're going to recruit young people in is by putting the technology in. Uh, so I think that's got to be a major shift with students on how to get them into this industry. And you bring up a, a, an interesting point relative to um, pulling young people back in in a language that resonates with them, which is that whole technology. Manufacturing isn't the... Um, you go into a, a manufacturing setting and you come home grimy right. and dirty and, and right. That, that was perceived as I would say dangerous many years ago. And certainly that, that ebbed um, with each decade, but that perception that, that these 20 somethings have um, it needs to be cutting edge technology. That's going to, to really get them involved and interested. And also fit very, very well with lean and with competitiveness because they're always hand in glove. So um, I'm excited to hear you say that because I think that, that there's so much opportunity for manufacturing in the United States, but it takes leadership from women like the two of you to guide these companies and help them see what's possible and to break out of that mold of, well, we did it this way for 40 years. Mm -hmm. Yes, and look what yeah. it got us, right? Yeah. So um, it's, it's really exciting to have this conversation with both of you. So ladies, as we wind down, can you give me kind of your, your call to action and some parting thoughts that each of you would like to impart to our viewers? Kathy, let's start with you. Sure. Well, we hope that you'll be intrigued and want to read the book and check out our website, opsisters.com. There we have our offerings for our coaching programs, our training programs, and our advisory services where we work with businesses who really want to transform using inclusive culture and or lean methodologies. So we hope you'll check that out. And we just hope you'll remember that um, manufacturing is an amazing career for all types of people. And it's not the stereotypical place it was. 
um, decades ago. And if Shannon and I can flourish in it, so can the young people of today. So Kathy, that's op sisters, O-P-P-S-I-S-T-E-R-S.com? No, um, O-P-S-I-S-T-E-R-S. Thank one you. P. <laughs> one P, <laughs> one, P, one S. And one shared S between ops and sisters. O-P-S-I-S-T-E-R-S. Thanks. Perfect. And that really signifies, you know, the relationship that Kathy and I had, you know, we, we went from boss subordinate type of a role to really, um, becoming more like sisters. And I think it's a rare thing you find at times. And so it's a really important piece of us that we wanted to put into this, into this world. Um, on top of all the fun training we do, we really enjoy working together and we enjoy speaking together. Um, we do have a lot of fun and we, we try to put out a high energy. So we, we would hope that people would pick up on that today and be interested in following us and wanting to work with us. I mean, we just feel like we've got a lot to contribute for those companies who really want to, like Kathy said, drive meaningful transformation and culture improvements. Well, it's clear that both of you have the goods, as they say, to help these companies transform. And I hope that our listeners are going to take advantage of that and visit opsisters.com and get in touch with both of you. So with that, Kathy and Shannon, thank you so much for being my guest today on Women in Manufacturing. And to our viewing and listening audience, remember that Women in Manufacturing is only one of five programs available to you from Jacket Media. So when you need news, trends, and interviews with thought leadership, make sure you check out our Hazard Girls, Manufacturing Matters, Manufacturing Partnerships, and Manufacturing Talk Radio, as well as Women and Manufacturing. Thank you very much. This is Lydia DiLiello, CEO and founder of Capital Pricing Consultants as your host for Women in Manufacturing. Thank you for joining the WAM podcast where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.